What happens when you take Facebook arguments between friends who don't agree and have them face to face? I'm Xanthi. And I'm Andrew. And this is We've, We've Got, Got Issues. Issues. And do we need to say I'm Xanthi and I'm Andrew? I don't I know. We always say that, but we don't but really say it. We've actually already started. Oh, good. Well, in that case, I think we'll just let people <laughs> And I think you just said it. So which, which one of us is which? So we're good. Um, but anyway, I, you know who we are, and welcome back to Z to A. We've got issues. Where and Andrew is now apparently ambushing me by starting recording before I well, actually can, am even now. We can always edit it in post. But you know, that's the beauty of this podcast, which is that you really are getting a kind of unvarnished uh, conversation. That's right. It's authentic. Between two people and, who really and, don't agree on a lot of things. I don't know about that. We... Anyway, well, yeah, our post production. We're, we're going to get to that. Our post production is five minutes after the podcast. I just want to <laughs> clarify that's what I mean by post. Anyway, um, so uh, welcome back. Uh, this is our pre reunions episode, or maybe it's our pre pre reunions episode. Yes, and so to clarify, uh, many of you know Andrew and I are classmates from college, and we went to a college that specializes very brilliantly in having crazy, crazy reunions that span. Days and involve a lot of alcohol consumption and like other they don't already, things. They don't already know where you went to college. <laughs> they might not know where I went to college, but they know it's the same place. So yeah. Wait, are you saying I've talked about it more than no, you No, I'm have? just saying that everyone who listens to this already knows you, more or less. So, <laughs> okay, that might be true. Yeah. So anyway, we're going back to Princeton uh, in a couple of weeks, and we're going to probably try to do a uh, semi-live recording slash event. Um, yeah, yeah. But, uh, more but on that. More on that more next on week. That. Let's talk about, first, let's play the game that put us on the map. <laughs> the, it's a very small map, as, as, as Andrew has kindly pointed out. And uh, that game is called Not My Tribe. And uh, you guys know the format, so go ahead, Xanthi, you can right. lead us off on Not My Tribe. Um... So this first one, it's going to seem obvious, but I think it's not. Okay. Uh, so uh, just a couple of days ago, the um, the notoriously liberal uh, internet lit up with a uh, <laughs> with a comment that our president made, where he referred to a certain group as animals. No way! That was my first one. Of course. Uh, well, good. Then, no, I, I, then I think it shows it was a good question. So the question for you, Andrew, yeah. is whom yeah. did he call animals? The uh, M13 El Salvador gang. So it's not M13. It's something. M16. Like M16. I anyway, it's a letter and a number, and that's who it is. <laughs> but the funny thing is, that was my first question for you. <laughs> so we're obviously. So the reason for that. So is, we're so different. Yeah, you exactly. And I. That's awesome. That's actually the first time that's happened. That's historic. Yeah. Mark it down. Uh, yeah, it seemed like the perfect question. Go ahead. Uh, so the reason I asked you that question, of course, is uh, why were people freaking out about him saying this? I don't know. Why were they freaking oh, out? Oh, okay, good. So you, this part you didn't I didn't know. get it. I mean, I, I, uh, I actually pulled it up off of Breitbart, and they obviously had the, you know, the opposite view, probably. like you know, Okay, so what's actually fascinating to me about it is that um, uh, what happened online was that it, there are a million articles with the headline, Trump calls undocumented immigrants animals, not people. Because what he said was, these are not people, these are animals. Uh-huh. Uh, so immediately, everyone was like, he is such a racist, he's calling undocumented well, he immigrants. The gang, right? Well, okay, so then there's like some backpedaling because then they said, no, 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 no. If you listen to the, if you take his comment in context, it yeah. actually was talking about only this MS-13 gang. Oh, MS-13. I think that is yeah, what it's called. MS-13, yeah. Um, it does sound like middle, know, this middle school. You know, notoriously brutal. 13. Well, they're killing middle school kids, so that seems go. appropriate. Um, <laughs> you know, so they're saying, no, 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 he was. So then there was this backlash where they were like, oh, these liberals taking Trump's comments out of context. Yeah, and claiming, seriously, And claiming literally. that he said, you know. Uh, and then, of course... There was, because this is the age that we live in, there was a backlash to the backlash, which was, who cares what he was specifically talking about here? It's not clear. And he actually has a long documented history of making racist comments about all undocumented immigrants, um, or all immigrants, in fact. So, um, yeah, that was why I thought it was sort of an interesting debate. My take on it, and it always has been, is that Trump is really maybe in the 50th percentile more or less of what 
you would expect for a, for a 72 year old septuagenarian like white with a, with white a males. history of racist discrimination yeah, like i think that there are people who are more racist than trump i think that at that age i think there are people who are less racist than trump but i think he's pretty much right in the middle right so but the point being he's maybe, in the middle of 72 year old rich white guys and, and maybe who identify as, as conservative whereas right is that who he should be representing like what about what percentile is he in of Americans? That's the well, more that, that's important an interesting question. And, and or do you measure how racist somebody is? I mean, do you take into account the context in which they grew up and what they were taught and all these stuff? Or do, or do you expect people to be able to change? And um, you sort of do expect people to be able to change. And yet we also recognize that like people have a really tough time changing. Yeah. So um, the issue, of course, is not is Trump a racist or not? The issue is... Is this the person we want representing our country? Well, <laughs> that, that's already been voted on, unfortunately. You know, for better or worse, like that—that's what we got, right? Yeah. And so, you know, or but um, but anyway, I, I think that I didn't really. I saw this little brouhaha about the animals thing, and I thought, oh yeah, this is like perfect. Scare tactics. No, I actually thought this is like the perfect kind of stupid little story that blows up because everybody can kind of interpret it their yes. own way. Yes. Right. And well, everybody... I, I think the fact that we both chose it as our right. first question. It's like, really oh, you know, the right can say, oh, yeah, like, you know, the left wants to pardon these horrible people. And, you know. And the left and, says, and oh, he's a racist. Wants to say, doesn't want to, doesn't want to condemn this right. thing because they're all. And, the you know, and then the, and then, you know, the left says about the right that like, oh, these these all people racists. are all racists and they yeah. think that, yeah. so I, I can see why it blew yeah, up. Yeah, so even though it's not an important story in and of itself, it actually does highlight the that divide. divide perfectly. Yeah, I think so too. Okay. Which, which is so fun. Do you but, want to ask me a question or should I, I ask you point. my next one? I get one? the point or you get the point? I get the point. Go ahead. I think we both, you get, got I think we both get a point. I'll give you the point. Yeah, it's the same <laughs> question. Go ahead. You're, you're back up. <clears throat> all right. This is a little one. Um, both of mine are about celebrities, interestingly, my next ones. Okay, so so this recently um, a, a celebrity mm -hmm. revealed, and I really related to this for reasons that everyone will understand, that he doesn't ever call the president by his name. He doesn't like to say his name. The but Voldemort instead, effect. But yeah. instead he calls him Agent Orange. Agent Orange, yes. okay. Um, uh, to me, the Orange nicknames are like not the cleverest ones because, I don't know, it just... To me, his appearance is the least objectionable thing about him. Yeah. Um, well, you know my opinion on all this, which is yes. like, that, that's so... It's Don't so make fun of people's appearance, yes. No, 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 not that. It's just, it's so it's so silly to feel like you can't name somebody their actual name. It, it, it essentially says, I'm not going to act like an adult when dealing with you as a person. Yeah. I'm going to act like a child. Yeah. Right? Like, I'm going to call you a name because I can't... Yeah, and it's weird because it's not like the president is constantly calling people names right well and he acts like that was, a child that's sarcasm no no right and so as soon as you start well it was like the marco rubio thing like as soon as you started playing donald trump's game and like yeah. started talking about it yeah. inside of his hands and starting to act like a like a, like an adolescent he wins um i don't know if he wins i think we all lose i will say that i think that there's like a dumbing down effect trump is what he is and he's in his own skin and he is but like when people who are why is try it okay? to be, why is it okay try to play him? his game, they lose. But why is it okay for him to call people nasty names? It's not names? clear. It's not clear to me at all why he gets a pass on everything he does, it but he does. It's not clear. It's just, people enjoy it. People enjoy it. It's like, it's like we all suddenly live in a WWE world, right? Well, Where it's all, there's tons of conflict and there's tons of fighting and there people are beating each other up rhetorically, and yet it's for entertainment value and it's all phony and none certain, of it is there's real. certain people who just seem to be able to do this in a way where they toe up to the line and then but they don't you know like Howard Stern for example yeah who I I always enjoy listening to Howard Stern he's said some things that if anybody else said them yes he, they would be like this person is horrible deranged but he, but he manages to say them because he says them with the element of yeah, self, but it's people like self deprecation that who in a way make Trump possible you know we live in this world of like we've yes. we basically elected an insult comic to be president. Well, um, anyway, so I was curious things. if you knew what this who if you'd heard who calls this. him Agent Orange. Yeah, I, yeah right. I think it's an unfair question. <laughs> it's a question from the left, Andrew. That's what we're doing here. But like, yeah, <laughs> that's just sort of like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pin. I'm going to get it in one, <laughs> and then you're going to be like, how do you? Because this could be literally one of I know a hundred thousand celebrities who you're happens to have a pet name, and I'm going to nail it in one. 
And the celebrity who does this I can is, give you a clue, I guess. Uh, well, before you give me a clue, I'm going to guess. George Clooney. No. No, but that would be fun, actually. No, it's a filmmaker. So you're on the right, you're on the right track. J.J. Abrams. Nope. Who would Steven be willing? Spielberg. Who would be willing? No. All these people are cowards. None of them are going to come out and say this. Yeah. Who's somebody, the bold? Oh, I know who it is. It's, uh, I know exactly who it is. It's, um, but I would never remember the guy's name. He's the guy who did Nixon. He's the guy, that guy. Uh, oh, no. That firebrand guy. Always, Oliver Stone. Oliver Stone. No, no, but that's not a bad graph. Although I would, I would maybe think he's a bit of a trumper. But uh, no, it was Spike Lee. Oh, Spike. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big surprise. And this is what is putting <laughs> Spike Lee back on the, on the map? No, what? actually, what's putting him back on the map is that he's made a movie about the Ku Klux Klan. Uh-huh. Uh, he's and, a good and the filmmaker. And this great story of a black guy oh. who infiltrated it. Yeah. Um, and drawing connections to actually all the way up so to So do you think Agent Orange is a clever name? or? Um, right. No, not it's necessarily. Okay. It's okay. All right. I, I thought the best was... Um, the one, Desperate Cheeto. Have you ever heard that video? <laughs> yes. It's a song to Despacito. Yes. I thought that was the best. Because um, at least it's There's funny. levels. There's levels. It's levels. Yeah. It yeah. plays in a couple ways. Yeah. So. Um, That's Randy Rainbow, I think. Yeah. I really like Randy, Randy Rainbow. <laughs> he's, I'm a fan. One of the silver linings. I'm not saying that Trump, ironically. Of the I really Trump presidency. Do. I just think he's brilliant. All right. And I like I have one more. Shall I ask you my last one? Yeah, go ahead. Um, all right. To whom did the president say, yes. reportedly, in a, in a private meeting, and this person's quite trustworthy. We can, we can I think, believe this person. Um, Trump apparently said to them, uh, to this person, Trump hears that you don't like what Trump is doing. I like your accent, though. That's your godfather impression. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, you, you see, the, if you guys were viewers and not just listeners, you'd see the chin jut out. <laughs> and like the little Marlon. It's I Anthony's was inner, fully inhabiting that Anthony's character. inner Marlon Brando kind of yeah. just, just emerged. Well, who talks like or that? Or maybe it was Pacino. I don't know. Are you doing your Pacino? I'm not really a godfather. One or of those three. All right, so Trump hears what? Trump hears what is he saying? that Trump. you don't like what don't Trump like, is doing. He says you don't like what he's doing. No, what Trump is doing. What Trump is doing. I mean, I think that's your... I feel like that's your Michael Cohen impression. <laughs> well, no, this is this person. The president said this. This is the president speaking. So, the, so Trump said this about himself. About himself. In the third person. Yes. Okay. So, to what's whom? the question? Oh, to whom? Yes. So, in other words, it's like I'm Caesar or whatever. Like the l'état de moi. Yeah. Talking about himself in the third person. Yeah. So Trump hears. So this person is in a meeting with the president, and this is what the president said to him. And he said, "Trump hears that you. I don't like what the he's doing." The Trump hears that you don't like what Trump is doing. That you don't like what Trump is doing. Yeah. Um, so I might have sounded like a mafioso, but I was actually trying to be Trump. No, I got it. Um, that's your Trump impression. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that's clear. Um, so it's another one of his cabinet members who's, oh, it's got to be uh, Kelly. Nope. It's somebody who... It's not somebody in the government. Oh, it's not? No. It's just somebody who, oh, it's a celebrity, you said. It's an it's a, it's a accomplished person. Uh, yeah. and famous person who, famous was, person who that, was doing what people did, right? Which right. was after the president was elected. Right. They, you know, he summoned various right. leading lights in. So this was somebody who him. Trump used to think was an ally and now isn't. So they probably were Perhaps. friends. So, um, I'm sure he'd like to have him as an ally. Right. Uh, Rupert Murdoch. No. <laughs> no, because he does like what Trump is doing. Um, no, it was uh, Bill Gates. Oh. So there's a recently released video of Bill Gates uh, talking to a Trump hears the audience. Trump, that you don't and he like was telling Trump them about his meeting with the I president, like and he said, "Yeah." And then he is really funny about it, and he was like, "I guess I was. Conf- I felt like maybe I should be talking in the third person." Well, Bill at Gates that point. thinks right. that you yes. maybe aren't doing the best job. Yes. Yeah, that's exactly. funny. Um, and there uh, were a couple other nice nuggets from that. Which so Bill were Gates actually told that story in front of a crowd. Yeah, good. and recorded. Um, he also said, apparently, that Trump, Trump asked him, uh, aren't vaccines a bad thing? And also said to him, uh, what's the difference between HIV and HPV? Wow. Really? I mean, you're surprised? Yeah, that's kind of surprising. Oh, wow. But I mean, it's quite possible that he doesn't have any idea what he's doing. <laughs> I, I concede that point really mm-hmm. readily. All right, good. Um, so, well, you got a point. Uh, the others were tough. I'm those gonna, were hard ones, yeah. They I were mean, tough. They were but, you know, if like, you read what I read, Andrew, you what, would have gotten am I thinking of. See, here's an easy, there's a layup. So who said this week that um, there's still a very large proportion of the population that is in, uneasy with women with power? Oh, God. Um, someone in the administration? Uh, she said the easiest way to avoid having to look at someone on her merits is to dismiss her on her looks. Huh. 
I don't know, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. No. <laughs> Hillary Clinton said that this week. Okay. Right. Which Well, I that's think, funny because it, it could have been someone on either side. Yeah. Well, I guess. Um, I think she's still still making the argument, which obviously I think some people believe that like she lost the election because of sexism. Um, You're laughing like you don't think that's I don't a think possibility. That's, I don't think that's true at all. Or racism or or I think I think there's elements of that, but I don't think that that's why she lost. I think well, there is no one reason why she lost. Right, but I think that's a relatively small part of why she lost. Yeah, we're. I think that we're I think, disagree on. I that. think that America is no less ready for a women president than Britain or Germany. Well, then or, why haven't we elected one? Because we haven't had the right candidate. Oh God, Andrew. No, I really think that's right. I think that she was the wrong person. Um, that is like people saying there are not women in enough. There are I, more. Just, there are more male CEOs just, because women just haven't aren't good enough to be we haven't just found my, enough it's just good my women opinion, to be but CEOs. I'm seeing a lot there are there are more and more women leaders and I think America's absolutely ready for a woman leader. I think absolutely I'm ready for a woman leader. I would have no problem, for example, electing Nikki Haley <gasps> with 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 great pleasure. I think she what? would be a great president. Oh my gosh, she's the worst. Well, she's okay. a mouthpiece for this she's horrible a, administration. She, do you feel that because she's a woman? No, but you know what's interesting? But, I but don't somebody, I don't automatically think that a female candidate is the right candidate. Like when people, right. and a lot of liberals do this, where they're like, we just need to get more women in there. And yeah. I'm like, would you like Sarah Palin to be president? It, because I don't think so. Would you right. like Nikki Haley? No. But then if I do say Nikki Haley, you don't say, well, and, I, and you say, no, I hate Nikki Haley. I don't say, well, that's because she's a woman. But right. like, right? No, but I then if I say I don't positions. like Hillary Clinton, you say that's because she's a woman. No, I did not say that you wouldn't vote for Hillary Clinton or because the she's people. a woman. Or the people. I would anybody. say that there are, there's a difference between personal. And I actually did vote for Hillary Clinton. <laughs> but oh my I didn't, gosh, the and truth I, comes out. And I didn't make that decision in any way. Her gender didn't have anything to do with it, one way or the other. Is this like a big reveal? Have you said this before on air? What? That you voted for Hillary? You didn't know this? I know, I feel like a bit of a phony, like having a show where I'm supposed to represent the right wing. And so no, okay. Um, but wow. yeah, no, I voted for Hillary. Huh. I just thought that Trump could really mess it up. And uh, I don't know whether he has yet. I haven't, I'm not at the point where I say like he's really done things that are... Irrevocable. Irrevocable. Um, but, um, huh. but, I, but I, of course, I had to vote for Hillary because she seemed like the adult in the room. But I mean, your point is not a bad one, right? Which is you can't assume... You can't say sexism was the only reason why Hillary didn't win. Yeah. Uh, however, oh God. Well, I think that there's a jump to impugn for liberals to kind of impugn the other side and to say, yeah, like this, like racism and sexism pl played a big part in. Well, I don't know, racism did because look, we we elected Barack Obama, but like, but you know, like people are saying that sexism played a big part here and I just no they I, are saying racism did because they're also saying like a lot of people are so upset by eight years of Obama, Obama that they yeah. had to vote for a, I just, a racist dotard I think you can argue that hey maybe Trump is sexist and that he is racist but I think to say that that's what drove other people's votes mm. is totally wrong I just don't believe it I you know um, hmm. you know and because I think people can very much say, hey, I don't like this about this person, right. but I still think he's a better choice. Right, right. And um, so that's the, the disconnect there. And we're going to talk about that. In yeah, second. we are. Here Third we are. question, because mm -hmm. you get the first one right, because it was my question. <laughs> um, who said this week that he thought that democracy was entering its twilight years because leaders aren't honest? Huh. Um, is this someone whose opinion of democracy we hold in high esteem? I think so. This was a person who uh, was well respected um, and close to this, very close to this administration, although not anymore. Hmm. Oh, it Rex Tillerson. It was Rex Tillerson. <laughs> yeah. I actually wouldn't have gotten that if you hadn't given me the clue. Um, although I did read about his speech, of course, because that was like catnip yeah. to people who don't like Trump. I thought it was very interesting. I, I mean, I thought of Rex Tillerson. Um, I think he represented a certain kind of sort of pro-business, traditional Republican, you know, kind mm -hmm. of conservative. And well, he also represented, by the way, uh, just to, to interject for one second, like a genuinely self-made right person. Like he represents what, in theory, I have always thought that the Republican Party stands for, which right. is giving opportunity to somebody, but somebody who, you know. 
uh, in theory at least, you know, works for that opportunity right. and, Equality makes, of opportunity. and makes their millions um, based on their own abilities. Now, of course, you can look at him and say, like, well, he was like a white guy, so right. you know, he, he had, had a lot of things handed to him. Right. Um, but he started on a very from a very very modest background right. uh, and became a very su- big success in business. Anyway, so Tillerson. Yeah. No. no continue. Like, David Brooks sort of said this week that he was a Whig, right, and like that this was the idea of Whigs kind of believe in the equality of opportunity, mm-hmm. and whereas um, maybe. Um, Whereas maybe liberals just believe in equality, right? Like mm-hmm. that people should actually have, um, you yeah. know, the same things. Um, and uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, that was basically. I just thought it was interesting that Tillerson was willing to speak up, willing to that? speak up on that, and also to say that, you know, that I don't, I don't know. Like very rarely do you see somebody kind of going out and being like, yeah, my, my the leaders really are liars, you know, like, and I was close to government and they're all dishonest. And I think, did he say all leaders are dishonest? No, but he was talking about Trump, right? He was, but he never said it. Which again just drives me up the wall. And we also thought that democracy itself, which I've seen a couple articles this week saying like democracy, there was a great Stephen Braille article in Time Magazine. I don't know if you saw it, Mm -hmm. but he kind of is talking about how all of the things that made our country great have kind of been turned around Right. And, you know, the people kind of made it and then kind of pulled up the ladder behind them. And yeah. like they figured out how to put money into politics and mm-hmm. like all the things that R- the system. that 50 years ago made the system boom and work. Yeah. Got have gotten kind of corrupted and turned yeah. around. Although, of course, you can also look back and see that the system only worked well for certain people. Um. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, it, for look, it made like us... People like Rex Tillerson. It made us the most powerful country in, in, in the world, mm. right? And I would say that the average person, or even the people at the bottom in America 50 years ago were doing better than the people in the bottom in I don't know if that's true. Countries. If you were like in the Jim Crow South... And you were, yeah. a, and you were a poor black person. Fifty years ago, uh, was what, like sixty. Like, do you count in that average or yeah, not? Right. So, yeah. <laughs> I think for the average person like that, um, things are better now, and things were better in other countries. Uh, yeah. As well. Yeah, maybe you might be. This right. is the problem: is that when we say things like the average American, yeah, our idea of what the average American is was one thing, and now our eyes have been opened a little bit, right? And like, oh. The average American, maybe we should factor in the experience of all the people who lived under repressive racism and lynching. Yeah. Uh, you know. Well, you know what? There's there's a thing about statistics that I was just thinking about this week, which is that when you talk about an average person, like an average American or average <laughs> man versus an average woman, yeah. your, your, your differences are very, very small. But then when you look at the extremes, yeah. like then those differences get multiplied like exponentially. Yeah. So for example, the difference between a man and a woman at math might be minute the average right but then when you look at the people who are the very very best at math mm-hmm. or the very very best at, at you know something that women are very you know very strong at which, <laughs> which you be, can't think of anything. well like women oh women for example are tend to be more um people focused more intuitive so they might be better at something like that mm. um or maybe they're better at project management but anyway at the at the multitasking at the very extremes those those differences are multiplied yeah. um, by a lot, or like aggressive behavior. Which is in men. to say that talking about the average in the end is misleading. Well, I, yeah. Which is, I guess, the idea is that the average. Um, you can look at the averages and say there's not a big difference in the averages, and or you can look at the extremes and you see those differences multiplied a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think both of those things kind of are sort of weird arguments, right? Because if you look at the extremes, you're like, oh, things are terrible for, or, or, or men are much better at math, right? Because the people mm-hmm. at the very extreme, but they're not, right. they're not on average. Right, right, right. And, and so once you start making decisions and policies based on the extremes, yeah. I think you get into a real, real problem. Yeah. Um, and yet that's where our minds like to go. Can I just go tangential for a second? Sure. So, <laughs> I am fascinated by what just happened, which is that you were thinking of what is it that people say, like men are really great at this. And then you were like trying to think of an example of what do people say, well, women are really great at this. 
And what shocks me actually isn't that you couldn't think of an example, but that I am also struggling to think of an example of a field or a discipline other than, and literally the only one I can think of is parenting. Parenting, nursing. Okay, like like that and, okay, nursing, there's one. Like that it is so difficult to think of a field where you're like, oh, well that's obviously, women are way better at that. Yeah. That's awful. Well, I think, (laughs) I think the, it has to do with capitalism, right? Which is to say that men are attracted to things, right? And women are attracted, are interested in people, which is why women... I know, that's like a gross generalization. I know lots of women who are interested in things. It is a gross generalization. And lots of men who are like, look at all the men who are doctors or the men who are like therapists. Again, I'm not, on the average, you're right. But then I'm talking about the extremes, right? And like what what these small differences in men and women lead to on the the extremes. And I'm sure... But but that's the argument of like, is it biology or is it... Uh, environment is it opportunity is it you know this is the whole argument about invisible privilege yeah I think that you know in terms of making policies and everything else we should play to the middle like we should play to the average we shouldn't really worry about what happens on the extremes yes you might have the best mathematicians in the world be men um, but that doesn't but that is that because men are genuinely better at math or is that because all those men had wives the the who took care of all of the family crap and all the domestic crap and did all the grocery shopping so that they had the space and the mental space to focus on, you know, their mathematical studies. Well, I think for <laughs> the people in the middle, probably what you're saying is true. And I think for the people on the extremes, like the people who are the, the most brilliant mathematicians, that actually the, the chance that there's actually a biological difference and it, and it shows up. And so, and the question is, do you make policy? Do you say, okay, we've got to separate our male math classes from our women math classes, which is what a lot of schools do. Yeah. Like we, our, well, our, our, did. I'm our, school, our school that my kids go to, they don't let the women take class with the, with the men. because Wait, what? They don't because they think that I'm what assuming that they is, argue that it's better for the girls. Yeah, that's why. Okay. They, they say that basically the guy, guys get in there and they feel more confident and they feel like, and then women feel less. Bulldozed. They feel bulldozed and so then they don't, they don't get, and, huh. and so they, they separate them. Right, and there must and be some statistical uh, basis for that, I'm assuming. I, I don't know if it's a good, good decision or not, but I feel like that there's, I think that a lot of times we look at the extremes um, to yeah, make yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. Average. I and, hear you. And um, and yeah, I do think that there are things that 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 women. I actually think that women may be better leaders, right? Like that might be the thing that they're. Well, actually, I guess we're gonna find out right? at some point. But but if, if leadership Maybe. involves, you know, not acting impulsively, and leadership involves being able to assess <laughs> people's opinions. Yeah. I mean, right now, you know, there are more women leaders, I think, in Ivy League colleges. Uh, than right. there are men in academia. And now I think there are also going to be more women um, soon, if not already, who are doctors. Um, yes, but a lot of people will argue that that's for a different reason, which is that doctors make a heck of a lot less money, and that medicine is a much less prestigious profession than it was. And there's a bit of cause and effect there, which is that women. This is maybe. a whole other discussion, which is now that so many women are doctors. Doctors' lives actually are much worse. They're you know, uh, I mean, paid I mean, a lot less. They spend a I'm lot more time. I'm just talking about yeah. skill. Like, so like, or like, like in terms yeah, I don't of think the, you can make such a neat separation. Of, I'm just talking about at the extremes of talent and ability, whether or not that they chose that thing, not whether they're overrepresented I think that's a bit of a red herring though. I mean, and I think we're in agreement on this, which is like the, the extremes in the end are not relevant. Right. They just reflect the probably minute differences of the average. Um, and yeah, but I don't think that those, you could argue that those minute differences are based in biology. I you think sure you can. can argue that those I, minute I differences might also, yeah, and I don't. But, um, but at the same time, look at someone like you never Ada, had a boy. Look at but, someone like Ada Lovelace, for example, right? Yeah. Um, so she was clearly like a brilliant mathematical at the extreme, yeah. mind, mm-hmm. um, but she did not get any, I mean, people don't even know who she is, right? She's only now being yeah. kind of brought back to well, um, she was at the extreme of women for math. For yeah, sort but of maybe math, there were lots of other brilliant talent, potential women talent. mathematicians of course there are. who were not recognized and not given the opportunity, uh, weren't allowed to go to college, weren't allowed to right. have a career, you know. So so I think, my, I guess my point is like you can say that there are differences between men and women that reflect each other, reflect at the extremes and still say, but we shouldn't really care about yes. those because what really matters is that the average where those those differences are really, really minute. Yeah. And you can take any 
particular woman and find that she's much better than an, any particular man mm. and, and, vice, and vice versa. And so those kinds of, and I think it's true about race and I think it's about a lot of mm. other things, which is mm. to say, which is why I think people are upset with the bell curve and all kinds of things, yes. which is to say that just looking at the extremes doesn't tell you yeah. very much. But the thing that we've always done is we've always looked at people's inherent characteristics, right? What their race is, what their sex is, what their gender is. Yeah. Um, to explain and understand difference. What we've done a really terrible job of until very recently is looking at how the structures surrounding all of that, which include racism, which include tolerance, which include sexism, which include um, diversity, you know, how do those systems, uh, what's the impact of those systems? Like we have this very obsessive very focus on people's on internal systems. qualities, right? That they can't change whether you're, you know, uh, identify as a woman or whether you're Asian or whatever it is about you. And we're like, this explains why X, Y, Z. But in fact, you know, you really think that that's true. I mean, you think that we haven't, you know, I mean, I look at the universities, I look at, you know, um, policies, I look at Title IX, I look, and I yeah. feel like actually there's been a lot of effort to... Relatively recently to create, create, Yeah, re relatively recently, but in my lifetime, I mean, we only live for 70, 80, 90 years, uh, although I read somewhere that people can live for 150, our kids are going to live to 150, <laughs> oh. God bless them, but yeah. Um, but yeah, in my lifetime, it's been all I've known is then... But there's constant pushback against it. There certainly is, and but I think that the idea that like, oh, we haven't really focused on changing environments. And I think that we have, and I think actually it's been a great thing. I think, you know, that it, we have, it's been, I, I think that the, cha the, the way that we changed environments and affirmative action, whatever, have, has been a very positive thing. I'm not against it at all. I think it's, it really has mattered. I think um, at the same time, I think there are other things that are dividing us. So, but I, but I, but I would say that I totally disagree that we haven't focused on changing the environments. Um, and making a level playing field because oh, I think it's funny I think because have. I have to say that even I have not thought enough about things like institutional uh, racism in my in my lifetime, and that this is like really since this election um, and since Black Lives Matter for yeah. me is is as a white person um, has opened my eyes to. So some, you feel we still degree. we and I, I would say maybe that's right. Maybe we haven't gone far enough, but. I wouldn't say, hey, we haven't been thinking about this because I would say mm. it seems like we've been thinking about this our whole lives, so that my whole life. Interesting. At least. Okay. Um, uh, so that was very heated and exciting. <laughs> Not my tribe, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, and we were going to talk about all sorts of things. An article that you found that I really thought was interesting because I completely agreed with it, and you completely disagreed right. with it. So I just want to so say, it must as, be a kind of, as a kind of like <laughs> as a kind of prelude to this, you know. One thing that's happened over the course of these conversations we've been um, recording and sharing with all of you is that I, I sometimes feel like Andrew and I are coming more and more to agree yeah. on things. Yeah. Um, and then every now and then something will crop up and I realize, no, we are still... I feel that way too. ...completely looking at things from opposite sides right. or, of, of the mirror. Or I'll have a conversation with you in person and then I'll go look at something you write on Facebook and I was like... Wait, we just we just resolved this that this was a bad thing to do, or like that, like that we were going to kind of lead this right. away, or this so is bringing out the path. perfect perfect yeah. example of this came up this week, mm -hmm. um, and it's an article that some of you may not have read. So I'm right. going to we'll try to it. summarize it really quickly, and we'll post it on our um, Facebook page. Um, it was an article in the New York Times, uh, and it's called "Liberals, You're Not as Smart as You Think," and right. it's by a professor of political science at UVA named um, named. Gerard Alexander, yeah. and it was a very provocative article um, that essentially made the point that liberals are undermining their own agenda and mm -hmm. their own um, possibility of success, uh, or their own success, by being self-righteous and essentially kind of um, like rude to mm -hmm. uh anybody who voted for Donald Trump. And it starts with a very provocative premise that if Donald Trump gets reelected, that Donald Trump will get reelected president, and that when that happens, it's going to be liberals' fault for the way that we are behaving at the moment. Um, and the way that we've been behaving, I think he would argue, uh, for quite a while. So um, 
he doesn't actually mention Hillary Clinton talking about deplorables, but that definitely is the kind of thing that falls. He says deplorables at yeah. one point, so that definitely falls into. And he also brings up the time that Obama said that Rust Belt voters get bitter and cling to their guns because they're afraid right. of people who are not like them. And, yeah. So these are examples that he's using. Um, I was infuriated by this article, but what? also very tantalized by it. Yeah, well, what did you like about it before you talk about why you didn't like it? Like, what did you think, like, oh, yeah, that made me think? I mean, I didn't like anything about no, but what it did you I say? fundamentally disagree. But it obviously... It, I will tell you why it's a brilliant... It, there's, there's it's some, a brilliant article. Okay, yeah, it is. Because what it does is it gets inside the head... It does. ...of someone like me uh-huh. who likes to think of herself as a kind of, like, well-meaning... Right. ...person who is on the side of justice and tolerance and equality. Mm-hmm. And it basically says you're behaving like a jerk and you're behaving exactly the way, exactly the opposite of the way that you think you are. And that by um, calling all Trump voters racists, Mm -hmm. you're the one who is, um, you know, being divisive and you're the one who is hardening positions on the other side. So essentially what it does is it, it attacks my deepest Worry. Yeah. Yes, it and gets right to my deepest worry. And personally, I think it's true. Okay. And, is, I, and, I, and I can tell you why I think it's true. But So why do you think it's not true? Well, the actual, if you actually read through it and but let, let's the premise aside, of what he says. Let's leave aside the points of his argument and let's well, get no, to no, that, no, that, no. that, that center okay. of, like, do you why think that's is, true? Why it's not true. Why is that not well, true? Well, his premise is that, you know, liberals through the media, through entertainment, he right. talks about Hollywood. They control the dialogue. Control the dialogue, mm-hmm. Right. Now that, you know, when he says something crazy, he says, uh, uh, he says, nowhere is, is this div- division more on display than in liberal control of the commanding heights of American culture. Right, the Oscars and so forth. Correct. Which we've talked about. And then I want to say to him, like, really? So if liberals are controlling all of this mm-hmm. and, you know, the divisions are so deep, uh, two things. First of all, then... How do you explain? And then that we're pushing people away, right? He's, his argument is we're pushing away, mm-hmm. you know, mainstream Americans um, who may have voted for Obama and then voted for Trump. Um, then I'm like, well, then if if we're being so divisive yeah. and that this is going to be detrimental to our cause, why do we have in every special election that's happened so far, including in places like Alabama, why are Democrats winning? So he's making an argument that like people making political speeches at the Oscars um, is somehow controlling the narrative and is going to like ruin things for liberals. But I'm like, but things are actually going very well for liberals right oh, now. Oh, interesting. Um, we are actually there's a there's a lot of indication. You know, look at all these Republican congressmen uh, who are stepping that, aside. There's that, an indication that in fact what it's going to do is exactly what it's trying to do, which is galvanize voters. To succeed, so that's my first uh, disagreement with him. Can I he's jump basically in on that? talking about hurt feelings. He's like, "You're hurting people's feelings, and it's not going to work out well for you." Yeah. And I'm like, "Oh no, it's working out great." It's not. Okay. In my opinion, let, let me just here's a couple of thoughts. Yeah, feel free to jump. Um, so I think the Democrats that are winning, in general, are not doing that. They're being very careful not to. Um, yes, people to like play. Connor Lamb, people yeah. like the guy in Alabama. They're, they're the people Jones. who are not saying, hey, they're not running against Trump. Absolutely agree. They're not They're not saying, oh, you know, you, all the people who vote for Trump are, by, by and large, they're actually white men for the, yeah. who are winning. And they're winning in red districts Correct. by standing for something. A, Bigger than yeah, or different them, from. None of them is getting 500 feet away totally from identi- identity totally politics. Totally agree with you. And saying, hey, this is about. So despite someone like me right. or despite someone who is, you know, who freely says, I hate Donald Trump, and I'm willing to go and record a podcast talking about how much I hate Donald Trump and share it with the world, weirdly, people like Connor Lamb and Doug Jones are still winning. So, In my okay. view, it's, it's totally okay to hate Donald Trump. And part of me hates Donald, a lot of me hates Donald Trump. Like, everything he stands for, I think he's a, you know, an amoral, and like, I think he's a huckster, and I think he's a, like, a, and I think okay. he's, you know, an intellectual, like, midget, and... All of those things, and, yes. Yeah, and I think, um, and I think he's a very scary person to have put in. So I, I completely understand that. What I, what I, what I don't think, what I think you're maybe 
missing or why, why I thought this article was really right is because, and we actually had this conversation online mm. and it was actually the impetus for us to have this podcast yes. where I said for the very first time, this was last year, like I am now feeling the pull of identity politics in a way that I've never, in, for, for me, let me finish, the pull of identity politics in a way that I've never felt in the sense that I now feel because I feel so attacked as a man, mm. as a white person, mm -hmm. like I'm now starting to feel the pull, not that I really embraced it, but the pull of like, oh, I have to stand up for my group. Yes. And I have never felt that in my entire life until last year. You never and needed, you never needed to. Maybe I never needed to, but I never felt like, okay. Um, you know, that's interesting. I feel attacked. Right. I feel like, oh God, like I, mm -hmm. this is tribal and they all see me as that tribe and I'm going to be the enemy whether or not. Yeah. Whether or not I've done anything, I've, I've actually done anything, or whether or not I feel that way, I'm going to get put into a box, and mm -hmm. so I need to pick a side, mm -hmm. right? And and so that was, and it, and it was just the inklings of that for yeah, me. Yeah. But for imagine for other people, they felt that a lot, right? Yeah. I think I was like the opposite of the canary in the coal mine. I think I'm like the last one in. <laughs> um, but like I think other people had already felt that. Yes. And and so you know, and when you said that the people are kind of rude. So I don't think it's rude. I think it's inconsiderate in the literal meaning of that word, that mm -hmm. they're not considering yeah. what, how that, how the things that they say, like saying anybody who wants to vote for Trump or anybody who doesn't vote for Hillary is sexist or whatever it right, is. Right. Like they're not considering how that feels. Sure. To some, and you were talking about this at the radio show, like about these, this guy oh, who was I getting, went to a recording of Radio Lab. Right. Yes. Uh -huh. Where you had these two women essentially beating up on this guy right. for being a man. For male. being a white man, yeah. For being a white man. And they're not, and you saw it there and you were like, oh yeah, I see. Mm -hmm. You can, you okay. were able. And so I think it's, it's not rude, it's that it's inconsiderate. And I think it's the kind of conversations that people have when they think they're in their own group. Yes. And in, and so Andrew, and in social funny. media, you're not. You're right. you're having the conversation also to all the people who are quietly sitting there reading yes. your feed because they knew you in college. Yes. And, and well, I, I know I've met some people since college. I just want to I just want to put that out no, there. but there those people. But me, yes. right? Okay. So, but maybe the people you've met since college are more like you. So I agree that there are people who would call themselves liberals or progressives or whatever they want to call them who are super self righteous, super annoying super divisive, who want to shut down conversations, who don't even want to allow certain people the right to speak because they disagree with them. I absolutely, of course, acknowledge the existence of that those people, okay? They're the fringe. Um, what's interesting to me is that a lot of people, including this writer, seem to see that fringe and, and label all liberals with that. In, with that we were okay? just talking about but the extremes, right? But then we look on the right? other side. Yes, but then we look on the other side, Okay, so what about Rush Limbaugh? What yeah. about Fox News that masquerades as a yeah. fair and balanced, highly sarcastic tone, fair and balanced news source? Like, if you look, there's plenty of, of equally self-righteous uh, and misleading and um, annoying, for lack of a better word, yeah. uh, provocative people on the right. And in fact, I would actually argue that the people on the right have a much bigger bullhorn because of someone like Rupert Murdoch, right? Yeah. They have a much bigger loudspeaker, yeah. um, you know, than than the left does. They really are not that same. I mean, I guess Rachel Maddow, I don't know, MSNBC, like those do not have the power of a Rush Limbaugh or right-wing talk radio or Fox News. It's right. So for this man to say, like, liberals are the ones being divisive yeah. is extraordinary to me. And I don't want to engage in a lot of, like, whataboutism, because in the end, that's not so right. grateful. Right. But this is one place where I feel like it does actually pertain. But there's something, there's something about calling somebody a racist, right? Or, right, there's something about calling somebody a racist that is... Uh, fighting words at Painful. a level. Oh, it that, hurts. That, 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 and it's so... Yes, but, and, but and I at what point do you not, like, can you not call out someone's racism then? I think you can call out a person's racism who's a leader. I think you say somebody who supports that leader is a racist, is, is making those decisions. So in that case, based saying on, that, like, but that what happens about all people the time. who supported Hitler? You had, they, we had a, you had a supporter they... on your forum this week of somebody who said, like, oh, yeah, like, they couldn't vote for Hillary because they didn't think that a woman would be competent enough mm. to whatever. It's like, no, that's not why people didn't vote for Hillary. Right. Like, maybe... 
maybe that's why they would have done it 50 years ago. Right. And maybe that's something people would say 50 years ago, but nobody said, I'm not ready for a woman. Maybe there are 10% of, um, of people who really weren't ready for a woman president. Right. But, but that's, that's not necessarily why here's most the thing, people did like, it. And I think it helps to have a little, a little bit of historical perspective, right? Which is that... But no, nobody... Sorry. I'm no, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. But nobody jumped in when somebody says that, makes that comment. Everybody you could have goes, jumped in, Andrew. No, I shouldn't, though. If I jump in, he's like, well, you're saying that because you're a man. But if... But nobody polices themselves on the left. They don't say... Remember how McCain, like, when that we was in that event and, like, that guy's like, ah, Barack Obama, he's an Arab. And he's like, no, ma'am, he's not. Yes. Remember? Yes. And everyone's like, thank God. Like, finally somebody... Like, we as a people on the left and the right don't do that nearly enough. Agreed. We don't, we don't police ourselves because I don't think that the right really has standing to police the left in the same way the left to the right. Like, mm. I actually think that the right has to police the right and the left has to police the left. Yes. And they have to say... You know what? So you would have liked in the situation that you're talking about, you would have liked a woman to jump in and, yeah, say, and say, "I don't." There are lots of other reasons why people didn't vote for of Hillary. Of course, yes. This right. is—it's actually sexist to say that. It's right. actually to say, it, or not sexist, but it's. So I think what we can agree on is that, like, knee-jerk accusations of sexism or racism are unhelpful. Well, they're or but, self-defeating. But they're yeah. But I I think people don't realize how much those things are. Um, Dividing. Not, yeah, or, but uh, what's, what's the word? Where they, they, they talk they're about polarizing them. us. Yeah, but there are certain kinds of words that are like fighting words. They talk about... Right, and but I think here's the thing, right? If you, if you think back, like th there actually has been someone like Jeff Sessions or someone like our president, um, Agent Orange, <laughs> has a history of saying and doing things that... Uh, I guess I can't say they're clearly racist, but yeah. that you could make well, a very strong you argument. You shared right? an article that we were like that you called nonpartisan, which was like where it was like Donald Trump is clearly a racist because he was part of a lawsuit in the '70s where he was where accused it, of accused of racism, racism. Of racial discrimination, and in the 70s. I believe um, settled that suit. Yeah, <laughs> so forty like years ago. Yeah, but then he's that called Mexicans he's racist. rapists and murderers. Like, I do think he is he is racist. I do, I, and I think that. I just like at what point like does what, at what point can we say that and and not have people say you know well there's no real proof of that no i it's hard right but i do think it's not a winning strategy to paint the other side as racist or sexist which i think i mean i'm coming a lot around of the i'm coming around to that did. point of view it's just not a winning yes. strategy it, it actually it might be right and, and the, it, there might be elements of it that are right mm. but there's also a lot of elements of it that are wrong yeah. There are a lot but of Andrew, reasons. So then here I was thinking about, I was trying to think back to like other movements in history, right? Where people were trying to fight for equality or trying to fight for greater diversity or tolerance, right? So, you know, and I think we've mentioned this before, but, you know, we now look back and think of Martin Luther King Jr. as this kind of like saintly figure and like all our kids will learn about him in like third grade and second grade. And, um, you know, but they called out racism, they were, they were not trying to be nice and saying, like, if you look back at what was actually happening, you know, there were peaceful protests, but there were protests. They weren't trying to, like, make white supremacists feel good about themselves. They called out racism where they saw it. And if you look at, like, every movement in history, you have to have the people on the leading edge who are willing to say the risky thing, who are willing to point out division in order to try to heal it. Yeah, you know? see, I, I actually think the sort of the Stokely Carmichaels and the Malcolm X's of the world get very little done. And I think the Martin Luther King's of the world get a lot done. And uh, or the Gandhi's get a lot done. And the, like the people who are out there saying, like, we have an enemy, we have to fight right. them. Um, and as opposed to, like, we have a group of people who don't understand us or don't understand what we feel, and we have to have them understand understand where we are. Yeah, but they didn't. And they I think did actually, it by having violent. I mean, they I did it by the, having protests, and they the, subjected themselves to violence. I think the gay liberation movement, which I think, for example, in the eighties, yeah, there were all these people who were like throwing blood and doing all these things and vandalizing things and putting silence equals death everywhere. And I was mm -hmm. like, that makes me think these people are are crazy. Yeah, like I don't like why. Okay, are they, so those people were on the were on, we're the, on the fringe, fringe, the radical fringe, yeah. and they would like. 
Van Gogh. And, and then you had, you know, Will and Grace, and you had a lot of other things where you said, where you had people just saying, like, you know what, these people... But my point is that you have to have. My point is that you have to have both, right? And that you don't dismiss Will and Grace, which is a fairly kind of like uh, you know anodyne way of accommodating people to the idea that you know gay people aren't monsters. You can't dismiss Will and Grace because you don't like Larry Kramer. Right, so you He's know who was good. he wrote he wrote the Normal Heart. He was like one of the kind of activists Radical like, that you yeah. yes, who you probably you know would have felt um, estranged, you know, who would have made you feel bad about yourself. Um, so yes, you have to have both. You have to have the Larry Kramers, but you also have to have the Will and Graces. And my point is, yeah, sure, there are liberals who are super aggressive and intolerant in their own way. Yeah, but to say then all liberals are now, which is what this article is doing, that all liberals are to blame for the radical fringe makes no sense to me. Right. And then yet, you can like, flip, I don't you can flip that exactly on its side. I don't hold all Republicans all responsible concerned. for Rush Limbaugh. Right. I right. don't. But, you know, Rush Limbaugh's not president. I guess I guess what I think, I, I, you know, particularly in social media where I feel like I'm exposed much more to liberal doctrine than, yes. than, than conservative. You're failing doctrine. at what you're supposed to do on Facebook, which is create your own, you know, echo chamber. My own echo chamber. Because I don't really, I actually don't, I, you know, I tend to be pretty liberal, I think, or at least have friends who are liberal. Yes. And uh, a lot of my friends are from places like colleges and so forth. So I, you know, I think it's, um, and like those are more my people probably than, you know, going and following somebody who is, you know, really, I actually have a couple of friends who are really right wing and yeah. I'm like, ah, like they're, they're crazy too. And um, <laughs> so, but I feel like I hear more of it on the, I, I also think that the, the liberal side I, it's exactly what this article says that they're not as smart as they, they think that they're they've got all the answers and they're smarter and like you right. think that they should be no, smarter and that's, they're, and, and they're just, well educated and they get it and they, they just don't listen they don't hear themselves they don't hear well, I think we can how, agree that self-righteousness they, is um, irritating yeah right and can be divisive uh, but my point is that not all liberals are self-righteous in the same way that not all uh, Republicans are racists um, and for this guy to say it's going to be liberal's we fault yeah. if he's elected again, uh, and that he will be elected again because of liberals, is a, an incredibly provocative and stupid thing to say. Well, uh, we went long on this, and I actually we didn't even talk about religion, which I really wanted to talk we about and how that affects. Time. We'll have to do it next time. Woo! This was a fun one, and I think we actually found some real points of disagreement. But uh, and and agreement. Always wonderful to see you, and. Uh, <laughs> We will see you next time, and then we'll see you in person. So thanks for listening. Bye.